gang, beloved Straight Up listeners, how is everyone? Welcome back to another episode. We just have to start the recording again because Kathleen keeps saying welcome back to another episode as if we're only like a three episode podcast. And then I said we are gathered here today and we were like, that sounds weird. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it sounded like I was saying that, sounded like a funeral. So... Good times only here, guys. Good vibes all the way. So we are gathered here today to talk about Brad. Brad Simpson, lead singer of the Vamps. Or lead frontman. No, frontman, I should say, (laughs) because he also plays guitar. So, you know, to call him a singer is probably a bit reductive. That's true. Good correction there. And um, talk to me about who Brad is, even though I know. But let's pretend I don't. So Brad Simpson is, as I said, frontman of the Vamps, who rose to fame as teenagers in 2013 with a number one debut album very soon after. They are basically like a boy band with a typically passionate, huge fan base. But that is not to say that, as Brad explains later, they are like a manufactured pop prince kind of vibe. Um, They actually set up the band themselves when Brad was just 15. All four of the guys play their own instruments to like the highest level. And I, for one, am a very big fan, in particular, of their most recent album, Cherry Blossom, and all those electro vibes. The guys are celebrating their 10-year anniversary next year, so they're going on a massive tour, as well as working on new music. Um, But Brad, most importantly to us, is also about to release his own gin, family gin, with the other members of his family. I think he said it's called Four Legs, didn't he? Eight legs. legs. Eight legs. Eight legs because oh it's from four members. Anyway. We haven't got the press release yet. Also, we haven't received the gin that Brad said he would send us. We have not. So, Brad, if you're listening, we'll we put eagerly our addresses our gin. in the show notes. He also even has his own bar in his hometown called Simpsons. Um, so he really is the perfect all-round straight-up guest. Not only... Does he have a bar and a gin brand? He also carried our microphone. <gasps> he was so cute. So guys, full disclosure, we're recording this intro a little bit earlier than we would usually because by the time you hear this, Els is going to be sunning herself in Tuscany. With my family. Gorge. Uh, very jealous, the jammy sod. But we recorded this last week with Brad at Island Records. He was just the most casual little dreamboat, wasn't he? The perfect gentleman. He insisted on carrying our mics over his shoulder all the way down from the lift just to trot off and take himself onto his gig his Sam Fender gig in Finsbury Park are what? they friends him and Sam Fender or is he just going as a fan uh, I think he's going as a fan from what he said but I think he is also his friend mm. so yeah bit of both also whenever I'm always shocked when celebrities give their Friday nights Sean Paul was the same to hang out with us and down from Bastille and, and they don't rush off and we like wait we were drinking red wine and even after the the microphone stopped rolling we continued having a good chat we did actually the PR had to come and like hurry us up didn't they and Brad was like sorry 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 yeah we're just always like so what do you think anyway guys we will let you get stuck into the episode shortly we're gonna have a little catch up first but one thing that I will say is that Brad himself says it was the most interesting interview I've ever done and so it should be with our corking questions yeah corking um, interview style yeah no he talked some deep stuff he did it got quite deep actually it did but in like a really fun way and he reprimanded me for being too sassy which i quite loved yeah. <laughs> no, i was a little bit too much no you fine. weren't it was great anyway guys um before we jump on with the episode we just wanted to have a very quick catch up about all things culture all things lifestyle our usual vibes i for one would like to know Elle, what you've been up to the last few days even though again full disclosure we saw each other last night at an event <laughs> at Nobu Portman Square, but we did not speak about the podcast. We were at David Connors' party. Do you know what? I can't think of anything I've done, but I will tell you about two interesting things I read recently. Today. Go on. 
First was a piece on the return of the YOLO lunch. What's the YOLO lunch? So instead of the business power lunch, because the companies have no money anymore and corporates don't want to spend money on whining and dining clients at lunchtime, there has been this bit, and obviously pandemic, there's been this big dip in business lunches. Mm. But restaurants are not empty because instead they've reported a massive rise in the YOLO lunch. And by YOLO lunch, it's older people deciding YOLO... <laughs> I'm retired, let's get drunk at lunchtime. Oh. And it's birthday parties, kind of old women deciding mm. to just celebrate another Tuesday. That actually is often the vibe though in posh restaurants when you go in the week and I think about it. Like, Recently. That must be like literally the River Cafe's bread and butter. Yes, and I yeah. hope that that's what we must aspire to, Cathers. Oh my God, that'd be great. To be retired and live the life that we choose I just hope you can tie, we can retire when we're like 60 and we're not like still going at 85. We'll see. Based on the way no, things are going. We absolutely will. Yeah, we're talking about 90s at the River Cafe, yeah. I think. <laughs> we'll still be trotting out our sodding podcast yeah. at 80. Guys, if you can hold with us for the next <laughs> 60 years that would be great help us live our river cafe dreams yeah um so the yellow lunch is a thing that i'm super into and oh, can i also say one of my best jobs at gq was when i had to do a roundup of the best power lunches and oh, so fun. i just spent like every day for two weeks whilst i was at gq nipping out to places like isabel's and street xo oh, i remember when you did that to now, review your yeah. lunch for free very nice. Inviting different people on different days. Very, very nice. Very nice. Uh, anyway, and the other thing I read was about the Great Resignation, yeah. which has been inspired by Beyonce's song, who I would say was inspired by my newsletter. Yeah. <laughs> I think she probably was. Go quit your job. Yeah, no, I wrote a newsletter about how we've all given up on ambition and no one wants to work anymore. And then, lo and behold... Yeah, I think it's song. it's definitely like a big post-pandemic thing, isn't it? That suddenly workers are just like, fuck this. It's actually quite shit. I'm going to leave. It's I kind of love it. Gen Z in particular. Yeah, I feel like people are being really empowered to not be like literally bullied by their jobs and their bosses and have to like live this like incredibly draconian life just because they work somewhere, you know? I think the nine to five is becoming sexy again. Yeah. Wait, really? Even though yeah, there's a great resignation. How no, is it? As in, and so I'm specifically talking about creatives packing in side hustles just to just get a good well-paid job that isn't oh. like draining their energy the new york times have done loads of stuff on the great resignation and it's more for them that it's like people leaving conventional jobs they're like sacking off their office jobs to then go and do something that where they're oh, self-employed okay so they're like hustling online or whatever instead of working a nine-to-five so there's two types of resignation going Ooh, on. okay. Because lots of creatives that I know have stopped on their massive ambitions to be a writer or whatever, or an author, mm. and have just packed it in to just, I don't know, be a producer or... Interesting. Do you think that's um, like the times we live in or your age that people are like, okay, I am going to... Well, I think party journalism is like dying. So people yeah. are having a reality check, but also post-pandemic they're like what is the point of me doing all this free work and all these passion projects just yeah. to grow my personal brand and realistically like life's too short to be doing all that unpaid stuff. side hustles actually I thought it was so interesting what you said in that newsletter that you turned down like a super sexy like good looking opportunity that would be great to shout about on your twitter on your instagram but ultimately is like literally shit tons of unpaid work for you yeah I would have had to take two days off from the telegraph and not get reimbursed for that and I would have had to take that those days off as a holiday. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck that. I'm always really surprised. Like, I did something recently where I got expenses, but um, they were, like, basically asking me to do what is equivalent to a couple of days' work, like I say, to do it properly. And they're like, we actually don't pay for this. And it's a massive brand. A yeah, massive. Like, huge companies behind huge it. Companies. And I just think that is 
not good vibes. Not know? okay. If there's yeah. any young journos listening to this, and always I, ask for a fee. Yeah, and I totally get that like that's the standard. But I do think it is crazy what is expected of journalists these days. Like the amount of stuff that you're meant to do because it's good for your profile instead of like because you're getting paid. Anyway, what have you been doing? I actually went to such a fun launch last night before I met you at Nobu. Busy bee. Um, I know, it, speaking of bees, it was in <laughs> oh my fact. Gosh, I didn't realise that. <laughs> it was like basically um, like a first look for press at this like new all natural bitter honey based aperitif which is dedicated to saving the bees. It's called Bisou. And their little tagline is... kiss in French? Yeah, and their little tagline is like, kissed by honey, bee, like oh. B-E-E. Um, so cute, like, not gonna lie, can sometimes, even as the big, like, drink whores that we are, get a bit... Drink whore? Oh, yeah. That's, let's <laughs> keep that in. Um, <laughs> it can be a little bit difficult to get excited about new launches when it's just, like, another vodka, another gin. But this is definitely like something really special. Um, it's taken like three and a half years of development. Um, the founder, Mark, took it to like all the top bartenders in London for feedback on the actual taste, on their recipe. So like the top mixologists at like the Connor and at Annabelle's helped him like perfect the formula. What does it taste of? So it's basically an aperitif. So it's kind of like an Aperol, but less bitter. And obviously it doesn't, it's not syrupy, like it's all natural. So everything that's in it, like it's not Does super it taste sugary, of honey? sweet. Yeah, and it's like sweetened by raw honey, and obviously all the flat comes from bees in um, the UK. So basically, you can have all different drinks. Um, I had well last night. The event basically was like trying the different cocktails that you can have from it at two different venues that already serve it. So we started at this like super bougie Mayfair members club, Five Hartford Street, um, and we had bee spritzes, which is kind of like an apérol spritz. So it's like the bisu topped with sparkling wine. And then we had um, Tommy's margaritas with it in. So they basically add, it's still with tequila, but it's then a small measure of bisu, which then sweetens it as well. Instead of the agave. Yeah, so they use way less agave because of that. And that was so nice. And obviously margaritas are like the drink. They also did, we went to Isabel Mayfair, where obviously we have brunched for, and you mentioned. Brunched and lunch and dined, honey. Yeah, so, so bougie, so nice. And we basically tried Bigronis. So it was like an agroni, but with the bisou in it. And also the founder Mark's fave serve, which was tequila on the rocks topped with bisou. So it just like takes the edge off. So it like sweetens a bit, which is like actually dangerous because you can literally drink like oh straight God. tequila topped with How more alcohol. How much does it cost? Uh, it's only like 30 quid a bottle. It's not actually available to consumers yet. Um, I think it's launching in like September or something. Um, but they basically do have it um, on offer in a few like select like top London venues. So Chilton Firehouse, Dukes, The Barclay, Coya, Annabelle's, Mark's Club, Folly, Isabel, all these places have already been incorporating it into their drinks menus. One thing that's also really interesting is that they're trying to, what they will do is like push for change in alcohol generally. And I'd never even thought about this. Alcohol brands are not required to put ingredients on the back of their product. So most alcohol, we don't know what's in it because you literally can't check. So it's not like food in the supermarket when you can see exactly what's there. So a lot of the biggest spirits have like shit tons of e-numbers, colouring, all that kind of stuff. And we don't don't know because they're not required legally to put that information on the packaging. Oh my God. Yeah, so they really want to push more transparency in the drinks industry. You can check out their website. I think it's bisu.london. Just Google it and you can see a full list of all the spots where you can try it. Also really recommend Isabel's anyway. 
because yeah. I love it there. Yeah, definitely. Also, I've never for a been to the nightclub beneath. I Have really you not? Oh, I did. I've been to an event there once. Have um, you? It's good, but I think it's super fun. Like you say, if you want a really special experience, it's nice to be upstairs. It's like the sister restaurant to Casa Cruz, which I've never been to, no, I've but never that been restaurant well. in Notting Hill, which, fun fact, guys, is where Rita Aurora got I in trouble say, it's for canceled. having her 30th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. On to the episode. Have yes. an amazing time with Brad. Wish we were back in the room with him. I know. So he's charming. so cute. I hope we see him again. I want him to be our friend. Like, I really want him to be our I friend. I think we could be. I think we had the potential yeah. to be friends. Right. We will stop whittering on. Please enjoy. And as always, rate, review and subscribe. And find us on Instagram at ShareOutPod. Enjoy. Right, guys. Before we jump in, if you have been lusting after a new pair of speakers that will stop you feeling embarrassed about how small and tinny your carefully curated playlist sounds, next time you get friends over, we got you. Yes, we do, because longtime friends of the podcast and esteemed British audio specialist QQ6 have a banging new product that is perfect for music lovers on a budget, the M20 HD wireless music system. L, why are they so brilliant? Well, babes, these super sleek, compact speakers deliver next-level high-resolution stereo audio and the distortion-free Aptex HD Bluetooth means you can stream wirelessly from a smartphone, laptop, tablet and also connected games console tv turntable set top box or a cd player bougie so essentially whether you want an immersive movie night or a cheeky little house party the m20s really do do it all yeah plus the m20s are actually the perfect step on the hi-fi ladder because you don't need cables or an amplifier or even a music source to plug into all you need to get them up and running is to plug them into a power source and you can have them anywhere at home be that shelf desktop or speaker stand ideal for music nerds like us who are in fact not techie at all also, for anyone who hates a trailing cable as much as we do, then you'll be glad to know that all the bits are hidden inside. The M20s are so neat and so chic, they come in black, white, and a very gorgeous retro walnut. We appreciate speakers are a big investment, but if you're looking to upgrade your sound system, then honestly, these are the best and most reasonably priced speakers out there. And I'm loving lying on my sofa just listening to an album from start to finish. Dreamy. And can I just say, even Taylor Swift uses Q-Acoustic speakers, so what better endorsement, I ask you, is there than that? None. Whether you're a host with the most, or if you love a little Netflix and chill done properly, then these are the speakers for you. For more details on the M20 HD wireless music system, head to qacoustics.co.uk. That's qacoustics, the letter Q, .co.uk. Thank you so, so much, Qacoustics. Right, Brad, so we always kick off the podcast with an icebreaker. We've got our lovely glass of red wine here on a Friday afternoon. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, um, cheers. You're a bit too far away, bud. But no, we can, we can make this. We, can, okay. yes, this is yeah, we did cheers. already cheers up. We did, so. <laughs> An extra one for luck. Yeah. So, we like to put our guests on the same playing field as us yeah. by bringing you down a peg. Oh. When was the last time that you had too much to drink and you embarrassed yourself? <laughs> oh, no. Maybe every time I go on stage. <laughs> uh, there's one that just sticks out, really. It wasn't like a recent one, but it definitely put me off getting too drunk before we play a show. And we played this, like... We didn't know what it was... The format of this event was, but we got invited to play along. And we'd just come off the back of, like, an arena tour, so we were, like, buzzing, flying high. We had a big intro, whatever, and it was quite a small venue. And we were behind a curtain for the whole time and then they, we got introduced out and it was just a room of like, people were stood at the bar, it was a very casual evening, but I had a little bit too much to drink before going out and like when I'm on tour in arenas or wherever it is, like a vamps gig, I'm very like, right, i got to win the crowd over, getting people's faces. It was not that energy at this place, but I was like, yeah, I'm going to win them over. <laughs> and what proceeded to happen is just a 
overly drunk brummy screaming at a load of people in a bar in LA and them just going who is this sweaty kid oh, like, no. who is this guy and <laughs> then you have, like, horrible mental images of some like really like, snooty LA I mean, no it really was and it was like really high profile models were at the bar oh, and no. I'm like let me see you jump and they're like I'm not jumping <laughs> in these 12 inch heels you can you can shut up but so that is like seared in my memory as I like, don't get too drunk are you strict now are you like one drink before the show and that is it um I try I'm a couple I'll have a couple but like yeah I, I, t- I try not to get um yeah. what's on your rider ooh what do we have I'm like I'm a gin and tonic man I like how we've gone straight into alcohol um I'm a gin and tonic guy, so I like gin and tonic before stage, but then it's like, we've got uh, gin. Our drummer likes Hennessy, so he drinks a bit of Hennessy. Uh, and our bass player likes beer. So it's like those three things are the... There's food, and there's like it's not just an alcoholic rider. Like, we have Skittles and things yeah. on there as well. <laughs> just food and drink, nothing like crazy. No Mariah Carey style. White kittens or no. no. I do want to, I heard a really good story that Foo Fighters did a um, colouring book. Did you ever hear about this? No. But Where like they like they made this colouring book that was their rider. So they sent it to the venues and they had to colour it in to figure out what their rider was. Oh wow. So okay. ma- they made sure that the venue staff were checking it. So they weren't just putting like a random rider out. I heard so, a similar, yeah. I can't remember which band it was, but with Skittles, they would ask for all the Skittles, but apart from the brown ones, yeah. and they could tell if they hadn't got that detail right, then their whole sound check was going to be off. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. that. So maybe we need to be a bit more diva, but no, we had hummus for a while, that got taken oh, yeah. off because it didn't really get eaten. Yeah. It's pretty rock and roll over here in the van. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like I've seen quite a few like sad crudite plates yeah. at gigs when I've done interviews yeah. backstage yeah. and stuff, and it's just like... Yeah, it's slowly room temperature carrots. carrots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not the most appetising. You guys have been taking something of an extended break recently. Mm -hmm. Life has, I'm assuming, been quite different to what it used to be. And as we were talking about off air, you've now moved back to Birmingham, where you used to be based in London. Please talk us through your average day now. We want to know all about your normal side. My normal side? Oh, (laughs) it's very boring, guys. Um, Yeah, no, I was in London for like seven years, and then we toured so much that I was just kind of like living out of hotels for ages. And then mid-pandemic, I was like, actually, I really miss Birmingham. I miss... Uh, where I grew up was next to a place called Sutton Park, <laughs> which I've got the most boring fact about ever. It's like, it's yes. actually the biggest park in Europe surrounded by an urban area. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> it's very nice. Very nice. Claim to fame slowly sleep, falling asleep there. I was just telling um, <laughs> So like in Birmingham, I will, I'll just kind of like go for walks, like chill out, see my friends. Do you um, live with your parents? No, 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 I just um, got my own place. Nice. About a year ago. Oh, so what's yeah. your style? Like house style? Yeah, yeah. So it's a townhouse. Ooh, it's like okay. a, it's a Edwardian, Edwardian like nice. uh, three up townhouse. It's Is nice. it like bachelor pad vibes? No, the, God, no, no. It's really, like I really like like old, I do like Edwardian, Victorian, like style houses. And then inside I've tried to like adhere to that. Oh nice, you've got the character of the place. Yes, I've have tried Have you had to. an interior design or have you been shopping solo? No, I've been doing it, I, I like really like Pinterest. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, What's some good recommendations for brands? I never know where to shop oh. from. I'm always like, oh, I'll just buy it on Made. And then it's like eight weeks until I you know. deliver your sofa. I made that mistake. And then the, I ordered a sofa on Made mid lockdown 
then couldn't find my receipt for it. I was like, oh, maybe it didn't go through. Ordered another one because I couldn't <gasps> even find like the money going out of my account for it. And then like 12 weeks later, two of the same self. Oh. But it actually worked out a treat because now I have them facing each other. And oh. the, 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 I've changed the room design. Oh my God, what am I saying? This, yeah. is, this is my life now. <laughs> this is my life we're, now. We're loving it. Um, we love it. Good. I do like, I like, um, like not like vintage, but you like know, Etsy. like... Etsy. Yeah, Etsy's really good. I like Etsy, actually. Or oh, there's a place called Ticker Moon. I don't Ooh. know that. that I've got a table Good from. recommendation. Good. Yeah. So, so has that been like your main focus since you've been having this break from the band? It actually was, yeah. and it was really nice. one project. Nice. Yeah, I, I did, we... I set up a bar with my family about yes. six years ago. Simpsons. Simpsons. We are itching to ask about that. No <laughs> yeah. wonder you love a gin and tonic. I do. You must be the expert. Uh, getting there. My mum's really like, she knows her gins really well. Nice. Um, What's your uh, favourite gin? Oh, I like, there's a Japanese gin called Roku. Oh, yeah, I this like that. This is really, really good. I've never had that it's one. It's nice. Ooh. What yeah. do you have it with? What kind of tonic? My constant <sighs> search is like for the best tonic. I do like a botanical. Mm-hmm. Just a fever tree. I like simple. an elderflower. I'm a punt for an elderflower. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I like yeah. something that I can put with grapefruit. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's maybe you need like a, maybe you need like a pretty standard tonic, so just like a, a slimline or a whatever oh, natural, sorry. and then and then you get the you garnish it with a tonic uh, with a grapefruit. Yes. And you get a gin that has maybe a hint of grapefruit, so it brings it out. Ooh. Maybe Ooh. we're actually so we're making a gin. This is why I sound so nerdy about it. Is as a family, we're bringing out our own gin. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. Is it going to be Simpsons gin? It's called Ten Legs. Ooh, Ten yeah, Legs. Why yeah. so? Uh, because there's five owners. <laughs> Quite like that's that. actually really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's called Ten Legs. Um, so we had, like we went to the. It's distilled in a castle in Wales. Oh wow! Which is like these two mad scientist Welsh guys who are like the best. Um, and they just walked us through like the process, and it was, it's been a really, really fun, fun journey. Actually, when's it coming out? Uh, in two weeks. Oh my god! So yeah. does a bottle. Yeah, oh, well, I wish I actually actually. had a bottle in my hotel, but I didn't. I'll bring it next. We time. should have been drinking your gin instead of this red wine. Oh well. So we obviously here to celebrate your anniversary as a band. Um, and when you started off, you were you became famous as a teenager. That must be wild. When when you look back at that. What is that kind of moment where you suddenly realise your life had changed forever? It was, it's, yeah, like you say, we started as like, I got plucked out of my parents' house when I was like 16. So I met the guitarist when I was 16, James. You guys met because you'd seen each other on Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah, One of yeah, you was playing. He messaged me on Facebook. You were playing the guitar and singing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I didn't message him back for about like a month. <laughs> Just because I'm bad at replying, but also I got to play a bit hard to get through that way. Uh, and then... Uh, he came to Birmingham and then it kind of started. It was a slow burn because we were doing YouTube covers for like a year and building the band and stuff. And then I think the moment that it was like, we did a gig at Westfield in White City, which is like quite a rogue place to do a gig. But yeah, um, yeah it's not like a hot spot of, of gigs. It's like stressed couples and families. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which was is now our target demographic. <laughs> um, but we we did like a little gig there around the release of the first single. And it just, it was like, we didn't expect as many people to come and they had to like shut it off and like security came and I was like, oh, this is a bit mad. Like going from playing pubs <laughs> to actually having people come out and care. And then I was like, okay, maybe this is something that we can really, really like go the distance with. Like, oh my God, we have fans. Genuinely, yeah. And then it started, <laughs> and then it was a thing of like, okay, 
for us to do this, there needs to be like no plan B, and that sounds really cliche. But I think there was just a group. I really struggled for a while when I was younger to find musicians who shared the same like. I don't really want to, I enjoyed school, had a great time, but there was never anything else other than music. Like I was always, I want to do something in music. Um, and then there was, finding like three other guys with that drive was was hard. And then all of us shared that ambition really. And then after that first gig, we were kind of like, right, let's, let's go for it because we feel something good here. Did you always have like a feeling that you might be famous? Because I feel like lots of the guests that we've spoken to have all said, and it's not like being facetious, obviously, like you say, you had a drive and a vision and you might have just, I don't know, had a sense that you were like going to be doing like bigger things from when you were little. This isn't even to sound like, oh, no, 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 not me, not me. But like, I genuinely didn't. I was never the kid in school who was like, I was never like the joker. I was never the like... The big, loud... Yeah, yeah, it just wasn't me. Like, I just enjoyed doing the stuff that I enjoyed. So, like, music was a big thing. I used to skateboard. I used to love skateboarding. And I was just, like, very content doing what I, doing what I did. But um, I definitely had a passion for something uh, and a, a real big passion for the music. So I think I was, like... Sometimes I think you can, like, hold on and want something too much and, like mm. like, grab it and suffocate it. I think there needs to be an element. I've got to be passionate and I've got to work hard, but then there's a bit of like what will be will be. Mm. So I was just like, if I focus on loving everything that I do and like working hard at it, if it's meant to be, it'll be, and then it's in like the universe's hands then. So, yeah. Was it ever scary, like being so young and going to such a massive business that's obviously can be so overwhelming yeah. and young talent dangerous like whenever we interview female stars like there's always that like tussle at the beginning especially mm. if they went into the business young of like trying to protect themselves and not yeah. be taken advantage of, of were you ever were your parents ever like ah a little bit um we were lucky that like we're still with the same manager now and he was he's they've they're an amazing management company they've really looked after us but like you say it's a it feels like it's full of piranhas <laughs> it does and like people like you say like young artists coming into it and I'm friends with a lot of artists now who have it's so funny you chat about it and everyone goes through the same thing of just like you put your I think you have to go through like a you put your trust in someone and then you get let down you're like oh actually it's not all rainbows and blah 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 because that's what you get promised in the beginning Um, but I had no experience of I didn't have managers in Birmingham. I didn't. I had like one promoter who I used to book me on the odd gig, um, and I think some people like maybe have a little bit more of an idea of what the industry is going to be like. But I really didn't know what to expect. So that's where I was very grateful to have the management that we still have to look after us. But it, it can be really, really tough, and I think you're starting to see artists come through and do it on their own terms and not be as beholden to like a big team of people who are like. 15 years older than them telling them what they need to do and like I don't know like it, it gives you real imposter syndrome and it gives you real like you just don't want to say anything because these people are like older than you they're in jobs in really high places so like why why would I say anything? well it's like a schoolboy. It's it's literally that yeah but I think now the roles have reversed which is awesome to see like like the creatives who know TikTok better than all of these 
people in the high places. Oh, really? Yeah. And, the, like power, and the power's in their hands then. That's it's so like, true. this is this is They're great. the experts. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's great. Because it is a weird thing, um, being like a very successful musician in that people think that like notoriety or fame and fortune like give you so much freedom. But actually, as journalists, like we've definitely found and said before that um, you actually have the complete opposite when you're really successful doing something that like you guys were doing and that your schedule is like set for you, mm. you know, potentially years in advance by somewhere else, someone else. You're being told <laughs> God, like, yes. a, yeah, like yeah, at every turn, someone else is telling you what to do. Like you actually have very little control over your own life. And that's like one of the big myths, I think. Like yeah. actually you're living a very rigid, structured life according to like you say, like a team of 10 other people that have set it for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a misperception. It is, yeah, I think. I've always tried to view like the pros outweigh the cons. So like get I feel very grateful to be able to do something that I love for a living. But you're absolutely right, there is compromises and sacrifices that you have to make. But I, I guess if you want to do well in everything in anything, that is the sacrifices mm. that have to be made and um So if you could give us like one really specific pro that you look back on and you're like, Wow, that memory like symbolises why I got into the industry and then on the flip side the, a con, another okay. memory that you're like, I really had to overcome that moment to keep going. Yeah. What would those two moments be? Um, my pro would be um, the first on the first album, like towards the end of the, we'd released the album and then we got booked to play Isla White. Um, and we played in the tent. And I remember we were all really nervous about it because we were like very pop. Like we're all play, we're all musicians, and we're all like very, very dedicated to to what we do. Our drummer's incredible; he's an amazing drummer, and like I think we're we're a band. But we were so because we were so young. I was like, oh, we're gonna get bottled here. This is gonna be terrible. And we went out. And we were all really nervous, and we went out, and the tent was packed, Not and nice. it was like it was awesome. Like, and and everyone was involved, and you saw like guys getting involved, like older groups of people getting involved, and that was like. I grew up watching ACDC, that's what got me into music, was watching, there's a DVD I had, it was ACDC Live at Donington. And um, and seeing like a sea of people, like together, singing and like having a time, I was like sick, I want to be part of that in any shape or form. So Isla White was like, okay, yeah. this is cool, like that. that's why I got into it. So that was the pro. Um, Khan. God, this is hard. Um, you miss your family. Like, uh, there's certain things that I feel like you, you miss. Like, I, I come back and like the, the people will be telling, sharing stories, and they'll be like, "Oh, no, I don't remember that. I weren't there." Like, but I was it's, on the road it's, for a year. Yeah, and it, but that's like not a huge con, really. I, I try and like maybe I'm too optimistic, but I try and just like forget about to anything that's like too tough is that not known as bottling things up it could Brad? be it could be yeah because <laughs> then i go back and i go actually no it wasn't that bad and then the same thing happens um what did you find like touring to be like i mean i don't know if it was an intense experience for you guys as say like um other bands who have big followings that might you know stories of whether it's like one direction or whoever where they had to be like essentially locked in their hotel rooms at yeah. night because they're young, there's fans mm. everywhere, like after the show you need to go like from the arena or from the stadium, wherever, mm. straight to the hotel and then the doors are like locked, like for your safety, but yeah. then you essentially are becoming like a prisoner in your own life yeah. as well. So interesting. There, there was a couple of times where, 
like we were staying in hotels, and again, I think because like we formed ourselves and we're best mates, it, like we it just gave us a safety blanket. But there was one gig that we did. I can't remember where we were, and we were staying in a hotel because we always used to share rooms. So there was like two in each room. We used to put the do doors on latch because we'd just go back and forth. <laughs> and me and James were just like sat in the hotel one time, and like chilling out. You're in your boxes, you're watching a bit of TV, whatever. And then, like, we heard someone come in and we're like, oh, we did order some room service a little while ago, so it's probably that. And then just came in, like, five fans who'd, like, somehow found out Female where fans. we were. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe they just, like, pushed all the doors and then they just came in and we were like, what the hell? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, like, kind of had to explore the man. You're laughing like, now, but was it actually really it unpleasant? Was, it was genuinely quite scary, yeah, because, like, we didn't have security at the time either. Yeah, like, you're not used to that. They're not things that you worry about. I mean, putting your door on latching hotels maybe uh, not the advice that I would give. <laughs> but, like, yeah, you don't, You just don't think what you have to What did they say thinking. when they came in? Did <laughs> can they, like, can we have a photo? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you don't want to be like, fuck off! Yeah, but you literally. also do. Because yeah, they're like, yeah. I'm filming you, yeah, and you will get cancelled. Yeah. Can I put my robe on really quick? Um, <laughs> oh, my God, it must be their lucky day, seeing you in your boxes. <laughs> yeah, all the worst, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> But no, it was, yeah, it's weird. You just have to like start thinking about things in a different way. And, well, that's you know. a thing, isn't it? The, we've spoken a lot to, to these, uh, we were speaking to Harvey, who was oh, okay. talking about that intense female fan experience, which actually our female guests don't really get because we don't, mm. there isn't that boy equivalent obsessing over them. Yeah. Um, at least not publicly. No, um, it's like, it's like I, it's interesting you say that. We speak about it a lot. Sport. You probably get the same, like, boys are obsessed over yes. sports people in the same way. Definitely. And, like, it's the exact same mindset. That's why I've always, like, found it very odd when people say stuff about, like, young female fans towards a band. Like, it's like, well, it's exactly the same as what, like, young boys do towards... I know, people sports, are very dismissive. But, but and you were saying, sorry. Yes, yes, exactly. They should um, be reminded that it was young girls that got the Beatles. Exactly. To where they got to. Exactly. Young yeah. girls have, like, driven the music industry, like, historically. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um... But also, I guess it must be really weird as a young boy getting suddenly. I mean, on 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 the on one side, it must be like your dream come true because you're like a young boy getting like more female attention than you could ever dream of. But on the other hand, it must be really overwhelming. What's kind of the wildest? It like, is weird. Yeah, it, you get wild fan mail. We just get a lot of weird fan mail actually. Yeah, <laughs> and we saw the other day we've left like our old PO box on on some website. And, like, no one's there. Like, our management aren't there anymore, so I don't know if, like, some accountants move into that <laughs> office and they're just getting, like, random boxes of chocolates and weird... What else, yeah, what else would you get sent? Would it be, like, teddies, balloons? Yeah, like... all of that food, but we wouldn't check the fan mail for, like, three months, so it'd just be, like, rotten food oh. by the time that we'd get Could there. Could you eat it anyway, or would it be a risk? Case it's poisoned. Eating, eating. No, isn't. No, you mean uh, if it wasn't old? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Smells rotten. Sorry. Yes, actually, my preference. No, I mean, like, are you allowed to eat the food? Like, is it like you know politicians where they obviously can't eat stuff like Kevin? Would you eat a chocolate bar sent by a fan? Yeah, we definitely have. And you just like, if you're hungry on the road, you're like, I will take a chocolate bar that I've just been given. Yeah, it's fine. Usually it's fine. I mean, we're still here. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's been it's fine. It's been fine up yeah, to now. Yeah. It is weird though, going into the, like you were talking about, with the like, the step up to having that kind of like adulation. I think the weird, the weird part is it gives you this kind of like, for me anyway, it always gave me this like, um, 
it, it bleeds into your relationships a little bit sometimes, like or friendships even, because you've got like this uh, question of like what is the reason, what's the drivers behind people. Makes trust a more difficult yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was like, that I definitely had to deal with that in the first few years of the band, of like a, a mistrust and like... Yeah, yeah I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, weird. how did you even, yeah, how did you work on that? Like, was it just... I just, uh, I think it was just like, yeah, like over the years, just kind of like as I've grown up, just being like... Are there signs now where you just know if someone's a fake? Yeah, a <laughs> fake. Um, I've never had any like really bad interactions. I think it was more me putting up barriers. So I think you've got to be able to like let people in and be open and mm. honest. I think that was the biggest thing that I learned was to like not stop something before it even got to the point of like knowing what it could be. Yeah, were you that suspicious was... that any like yeah. love interest might actually be like just like looking for the clout? Was that your fear? Um, a little bit. With me, it was like yeah. you always want something like. That was that's real and that feels real always. Mm. That was like always the thing for me. I don't want anything that like doesn't isn't based in reality and real. So do you go for people that like specifically don't like the vamps? It, honestly, for a while that I was helps. like, that is great. I'm so glad that you like, don't like that music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who I am? No, come in. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to go for dinner? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a tricky one, especially when I guess you had been like in the public eye from when you were so young. It mm. makes sense what you mentioned earlier that you're still very close with like your home friends. Yeah. It's I nice. think it's important to have that like group of people around you that have like always known yeah. you, isn't it? Yeah. Don't get me wrong, they're terrible influences. Yeah. But they're, <laughs> they're great. Do you yeah. think it actually that that madness of your early well, late teens I guess, do you think it helped you mature too quickly or do you think it actually kept you in a unnaturally infantile state like I'm never <laughs> infantile a bit really in. good that, but so. I actually don't know I think it changes I think it's dependent on the person like uh, I think it matured us in a lot of ways and then in other ways like when we t I can see it when we're together even now like we revert back to being like 17 year old boys when we're together which I love and yeah. there's like a real safety there and then there's other ways other parts of our lives that I'm like I wish we weren't as mature in like our approach to things because oh, like what? Like I think in a good way, like in a lot of business ways, for example, like you I think we've matured quite quickly. And like um yeah, just like looking at decisions and like looking at the the nth degree of what they could be and I think that's like purely because you've had to navigate things for so long, you've had to like do something, make a mistake go back to the drawing board so like you're trying to preempt them all the time mm, mm. um and i guess you've lived just even on the level of like living in the world of like contracts and paperwork yeah, exactly and like stuff that a normal normal like 16 year old, year old probably yeah. doesn't have to deal with yeah yeah interesting so when things go wrong for as a musician like what is the biggest thing to go wrong does it tend to be something really boring like a contract or have you ever had like massive issues with i don't know touring like your I don't know, miss a flight and miss yeah. your gig or... Um, contract stuff's definitely a thing. I've had, like, friends who have been really, unfortunately, like, stitched up. Um, oh, shit. In, in terms of, like, there's, like, little clauses in there about, like, percentages or whatever on, like... It might sound like... It, like, YouTube, for example, it might be like, oh, that's the percentages are way off, like, the label or whoever is getting a huge stake in that. And then it gets to like 
a year down the line from when you signed the contract and YouTube is huge and could be a really big thing for you whether it's an earner or whether it's a platform for you to reach people and at the time when you signed it seemed insignificant it's kind of like mm. really hindered you later down the line yeah. so we're lucky our manager sorry this is getting so business um <laughs> our manager's um a lawyer like he's qualified oh very law. handy so yeah and and so he looks over everything um but this is what i mean it's like this is why it's such a funny industry because it's incredible. It has so many amazing things, but also you're getting into it at like 16, 17, which a lot of these artists are. And like, you need to have someone there. Like, I think there needs to be more, almost like parental, like there needs to be more of a guardian status across the a lot of these young artists. And uh, it's starting to see it more, but it's sad that people have to go through mistakes to get to the point of knowing it. And you're at like such a creative, amazing point in your life when you're like 16, 17, that you shouldn't have to deal with like any of the things going wrong, whether it's contractually or um, yeah, any of these things going wrong. Um, I had a friend as well who like he was in the same label as us for years, and he really struggled with his mental health. And he was like, I find it crazy because I've got so much that I'm trying to do that I've got so much getting asked of me by this company. And I'm trying my best, but it's putting a huge toll on my, my head. And there's no, like, support in terms of mental health there. There's no, like, okay, we'll sign you for the X amount of time, but we'll provide you with, like, if you want therapy sessions or blah, blah, blah. There was none of that. And I think it's changing now. Um, but I think the world of artists is going to look very different, and it already is starting to, but over the next few years it's going to look very different. Do you think your experience has been like somewhat easier being in a band than had you been a solo artist? Massively, massively. We like I just even doing the gin and stuff. Like I'm lucky that I've got my family, but being away from the boys for a period of time and working away from the boys has been amazing for growth, and I love it. But you come back, it you miss them, you miss each other because it's like a, such a huge support network, and there's also no one else that gets it in the way that those three do. It's it's great. I feel very blessed to have them. Um, yeah, it's like a it's a brotherhood. Do you know what I mean? Um, What's the um, like the plan for the band now? Then, if you don't mind me asking, like, where do you go from the <clears throat> the ten year anniversary tour? Like, do you have? <laughs> no. Are you going to release more music? Is there like a new album coming? Um, um, or I know it's Connor's been working on a few like other. He's been doing yeah. other musical projects, hasn't he? Like, do you have anything like that in the pipeline? Are you all looking to do some solo stuff or? I think so. I think that like, now's a good time to explore stuff that we want to do. But again, like there's no like hiding any. Con came and played us his stuff before it went out. Nice. We loved it. We were like, yeah, Lunar Year, baby, go follow up. Um, yeah, and on his like announcement, it was like, P.S. I'm not leaving the band. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, just, just so you know, he's not leaving the band. And then like James is working on some stuff. I'm working on bits and bobs. Tris has got stuff that he's working on, but we view it as like the vamps. It's like, we call it the mothership. Oh, yeah, I know. God, it's not No, I love bearable. that. But it, yeah, it, that's like, we'll go off and we'll do other things, but it, it will always come back. So I think the plan over the next year is international touring early next year, and then like, see how summer goes, and then we'll start writing a new album, I think. Nice. Oh, so it's going to be a busy year for the band. Yeah, absolutely. How exciting. Yeah. So talking about touring, yeah. we James Bay told us when we spoke to him that the one item he brought on tour with him was a ping pong table. 
which oh, inspo he got from Mick Jagger. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is the one thing you take on tour? We did have a ping pong table for a while. You can't choose the same answer okay. as James Bay. Fucking <laughs> God's sake, James. Uh, what did we bring? We used to, when we were like young, this is what I mean, like you put, you put four like 17 to 19 year old lads on tour. It's ridiculous. So we used to have like whiz boards, which were those like little electric, like moving board things that you do. So we just scoot around backstage on there. <laughs> Um, you which, must have all been so annoying. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> but one of our security guards is a really big guy, like really hench, like got on and broke it. It was like hilarious. Is he just like picking you up with like, a <laughs> selfie on it, <laughs> yeah. knocking your head Get together? Off there. <laughs> um, what else did we take? Uh, so, I think football always, but yeah. Are your guys housekeeping? Um, skills, so like your cooking, your cleaning, are they up I to scratch to given that you've basically cocktail. toured for like the best can, part of I 10 years? I can make years. a good cocktail. I'm good at making cocktails. Uh, Tris is, the drummer's a really good cook. So like if we go on band writing trips, he'll just sit in the kitchen and make like a really big chili con carne nice. that'll last like two days. Aside from that, I wouldn't trust any of them to cook me a meal. <laughs> like no way. <laughs> Terrible. But we're getting better. I think, like, living, like, getting the house and stuff, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying consciously to cook. I think Domestic God. I got asked to do, like, like, it didn't work out, but I got asked to do Bake Off, like, a few Ooh, years ago. Um, and we were away at the time. And I was, like, trying everything to come back, because I love it. Um, and then I was just like, you know what, if I did turn up, it would have been an absolute shambles, because <laughs> I've never, like, I've never baked anything. Maybe DT, I think we cooked something. Oh, God. In school, yeah. yeah. But you it, need to practice I think it was like a, a tuna pasta bake, it wasn't even baking. <laughs> so it's like, cake. Yeah, like, you don't deserve Bake Off, you need to put some work in and okay, then... Okay, that's fair. No, I'll yeah. take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you a keen... Baker. Oh, it says right. you. You, you sound a bit angry yeah. about that. Yeah. Like, you're She's like, literally. I don't want to be on Bake Off. Do you know what? <laughs> you're not allowed, man. Right? <laughs> no, it's because I really like watching Bake Off yeah. and I don't want some like rubbish baker yeah, on TV. I want it. Yeah. I mean, I guess Celebrity Bake Off, they're all rubbish, aren't they? Yeah, it's more about the taking but, part. Yeah, and you don't enjoy that, clearly. You don't no, like I watch the things. like normal the people bake off. I think you've probably never baked a cake in your life. I have, you? actually. Have I make a really good orange and almond loaf. Oh, that sounds great. And I also make... A really good Victoria sponge. Wow. I mean, Solid. in all the years that I've known you, I've never heard of you baking a cake or indeed well, tried one, but you maybe, maybe you haven't me. asked. And yeah. also, my kitchen is too <laughs> small. Yeah. And maybe, yeah. yeah, you should take more time thinking about what I do on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> something I was talking to. It's one a my, hot topic, baking. It's, isn't yeah, it? I don't it know why. I literally this, don't so. care about baking. I don't know why I'd be more like thorny about it today. <laughs> so, one thing I was talking about today, which I would love to get your thoughts on, I was. Seeing the news announcement that Bruce Springsteen is touring next year and mm. he's about to be 82 and there have been so yeah. many ancient rockers coming out of retirement and doing these tours again. And I was saying to my colleague, I was like, God, do they actually enjoy it? Or is it like the money thing? Surely not. And my colleague was like, no, it's like they're addicted yeah. to yeah. the applause. And I was like, oh. God, like you just have to be on stage. It's addictive. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think um, Keith Richards has talked about that in his autobiography, but I guess I wondered if you had begun to felt to feel that like the sense of on being on stage being a kind of addiction because yeah. I was like, oh my God, they're going to die on stage by yeah, the looks of yeah. it. I mean, Genesis is dying <laughs> on stage. You just wouldn't want to be there, would you? That? <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, eighty-two. That's insane. That's amazing. What a legend. That it definitely is. That's so interesting. I was thinking about this the other day because we didn't tour for so long, 
And I feel weird. Like, if we don't gig, like, the rest of my life is really, like, feels off. Does it feel, like, flat? Yeah. it's meant to be to do no, with adrenaline, isn't it? Like, it the sheer like... adrenaline that you get from that amount of people and uh-huh. the crowd, like, can't be replicated, basically. It's, you, you struggle to, yeah. I mean, the way we feel, or I feel, when I get, like, loads of likes on my picture, <laughs> yeah, then when it's I so... imagine, like, 90,000 people at Wembley <laughs> being like, Ellie! <laughs> 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 You'd be like, this I is mean, it. Yeah. You'd love that. I mean, yeah. I love it. That's yeah. why you shouldn't be on stage. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly why you shouldn't be up there. Because you'd just be like, okay, Ellie, time to go now. You're like, I'm not leaving. <laughs> Encore. <laughs> just doing <laughs> lumping myself yeah. to the stage. Get off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, though. I've thought about this. One about the guy who tour managers for the first, like, like, big years of the band. He said to us, he was in a band for years. And he was like, it becomes really addicting just touring. Because mm. it like, it's like, it's really fun. But then also readjusting into normal lives. Weird after you come back from a tour. Because you get used to this schedule of like, waking up, as long as you make sound check at three o'clock, you're the beginning of your day, you don't have to do anything. And then you do an hour sound check, chill, until like eight. And then you go on stage at nine. And then you can have a wicked night and go, get back on the bus. And it's like, it is so much fun. But it's quite, it can be like a dangerous thing to go down and get addicted to. Like, you need, that's why I try and go back home to Birmingham as much as possible because it's like, I know that it's not a sustainable thing. But I, I do love gigging a hell of a lot. Yeah. What was touring yeah. with Taylor Swift like? Did you get starstruck? I did actually with Taylor, yeah. But she's so welcoming. Like, she was really, really just like warm. Like, not, there's no, um, weirdness she she we did a cover of a song 22 on youtube and that's where she saw us and like invited us off the back of that and it was six nights at the o2 arena and she was just the loveliest like her parents are there like her mom's really involved she's got a like great support network around us she gave us really good advice just about like her mom actually gave us some really good advice just about like so like how many trucks do you take when you go out on tour and like proper like like specifics yeah because she was like you need to be across that stuff like you need to make sure how many not... trucks does she think you need I don't know I didn't even know we had a truck <laughs> so time, I was like... well she's being like don't let them waste budget on unnecessary trucks yeah was she that? was yeah yeah, yeah. oh my god yeah. what's Which her was... name I said oh I should know that's uh, disrespectful that is I'm telling you there you <laughs> stir worry, in the pot this will be stir edited in the out <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking I can't remember oh, Mrs Swift Mrs. Swift. Mrs. Swift. There you go. She was a lovely lady. What was Taylor's advice? It was around the writing, so we were just chatting about right. We hadn't released the first album. She was just like, "How's the writing going?" And we we just chatted about that for a bit, and she just said like, "Songs are king, and like make sure that the songs are great." Yeah, she was awesome. It, it was weird because we were like seventeen at the time, so you're like, "Oh my god, this absolute songwriting oh god." god. Yeah. yeah. Was it weird, like, leaving school? I assume then you didn't go to, like, sixth form? No, well, I did one year of A-levels. Nice. What were your A-levels? Geography, PE. Um, What was the other one? Geography, PE, business. Have you had, like, every person that you ever went to school with come out the woodwork Mm -hmm. to be like, hey, on Instagram? (laughs) A little bit, but then I got really... I was fuming the other day because, like, when I did a talent show at school... I didn't win, which I was like, look, guys, it's not about winning. Yeah. It's about taking part. <laughs> and, but I was like 15, and the girl won. She was really good. But I was like, I did an original song, and it didn't go down well. Oh. Anyway, but then I went back, and there was like, I was expecting, like, oh, maybe there'll be like a photo or something. Nothing. 
Nothing. I was like, come oh on, guys, God. I'm representing here. Yeah. Yeah. They don't deserve you. Thank you. Thank you. But man, I'm hoping like now. Bringing glory to the school's name. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying. I'm trying. <laughs> this is all I'm doing it for. Um, so with what we were talking about before, when you guys took a break previously, you were trying to avoid like boredom, burnout. Mm. Um, how did that impact you on a personal level? Like with, if, as we were saying, touring is a massive part of what you love. You love to gig. What was that like before taking the, that? Just the space. Yeah. Uh, yeah, weird. Really, really struggled with it. Just like, we got back on tour end of last year for the first time in like two years, obviously pandemic, but we didn't tour massively before pandemic because we were writing the album. It's just weird. Like, yeah, I really, I'm, I think I will be that Bruce gigging when I'm 80. <laughs> like, genuinely, because like... Of course. Yeah, I know, and I don't know if anyone needs to Still see Oh, no, I think it's great. Like... Because everyone's like, oh, you look so young, and it re- it's great yes, in one way. You'll be looking at fifty. At no, 80. or it's gonna drop at some point. Like everything's just gonna go, and oh. it's gonna hit me at like fifty, and it's gonna oh, go God. really bad. You know oh, don't I mean? say that because I hope that, like, I like to think that I look young. I got ID for wine on the way here today, yeah, um, and I'm hoping that it's no, gonna, gonna be good. It stay forever. It's not gonna suddenly one day be like, oh my God, I'm like a hag. Well, you've got to look at your mother. As in, I don't mean that. Sorry, I mean, I mean like, you're just like, sorry. What a wild one today. No, um, my mum looks great. For her no, I just mean it's yeah. in the jeans, right? So, yes. what, is it, what do your parents has, has it stayed up? They're quite useful. Okay, so you're good. Useful looking, yeah, it stayed up. Yeah. Do you have any siblings? I have an older sister called what does Natalie. She do? Yeah, she is in insurance. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, you guys yeah. went down quite different paths. Yeah, very different paths. Yeah, but she was actually the one that got me into a lot of music. Like mm. she got she got me into like Nirvana. And a lot of the early bands that I was into. So she's like, she was the emo kid. Nice. And she got me into all of that. It was great. That's so cute. Another shout out, Nat. Yeah. Love you. If you don't mind me asking, um, are you single at the moment? Are you in a relationship? I'm single at the moment. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then yes, yes, another yes. invasive rude question. <laughs> would you one day, like, would you, do you have that vision of like marriage and kids or marriage or kids? Like, is that what you want out of your life? Or? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm like, my parents have been together for like, God, how long? I think like 25, 30 years, like a long, like they've, they're still really strong and they're best friends. And they like have given me and my sister the most beautiful image of what it is to be in love because they're still so in love now. And um, yeah, it's definitely something that I want. I think music's been in my life so much and I've been so focused on it that it kind of takes over my world a bit. Um, but at some point when it's right, again, I don't think you can force that. You I said like being um, a cute dad. Yeah. Oh, so. <laughs> I'd like that, I'd like that. We just got a puppy as a family. Oh, And like, kind. I'm going to try and make him my child. What, it, what kind of dog? It's a golden retriever. <gasps> oh my God, yeah, that is Jack. so wholesome. He looks Jack. like a little shit Oh my shit God, that's yeah. so cute. Puppy. You is must show you? us pictures afterwards. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, so I read, and this may not be true, because you know what the media's like, but that mm. you found dating more scary than playing at Wembley to 90,000 people. And that was after, because you've gone on Celebrities Go Dating. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that totally yeah. missed me. And then you mentioned that earlier. I was like, I did not know you went on Celebrities Go Dating. Yeah, it's quite rogue, a bit rogue. Why did you do that? If I'm honest, I'd never watched it. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> very, like, like, I was like, yeah, sure, it sounds cool. But Let's did you actually, it's like people that go on Love Island, it's like, do you actually want to find love or are you doing it because it's a good... Because also... Again, nosy question, but did you get paid for that? Like, how does it work? Oh, it was for charity. It was right, a charity. right, it's a charity yeah, thing. Charity okay. thing. Oh. So that was obviously another, like, it was a, for a great cause. But, um, yeah, it was interesting. Looking back now, I'm glad I did it. This is one of the things that I'm like, 
<laughs> at the time, I was like, yeah, cool, go for it. And it was fun and she was nice. And we had a good time. Uh, great cause. <laughs> but then afterwards, I'm like, okay, like, I know that, like, that's not necessarily something that I would like to do again. But just purely because. Dating. Um, yeah. That put me off dating. Yeah. I am now never dating again in my life. So, just a slow descent really well. until <laughs> the end. No. Just you in the States. No, just public date. Like, just don't date on national yeah. television is probably the lesson that I learned. Did you watch it back? Uh, I did, yeah. What did you learn from your dating faux pas? Damn, I'm so upset that I didn't watch this. No, <laughs> I know. don't. You yeah, actually don't. Like, please don't. Yeah. Um, did you watch it? No. Okay. Yeah. Guys, don't need, you don't need to watch it. You're fine. Um, I will, though. Yeah, no, you don't need to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so what did you do that was so embarrassing? No, it wasn't embarrassing to be fair. It's just I'm like I'm quite a private person, so I was more like I want to keep that side of my life for me, mm. um, and that's what I learned. So because it made me, f some people might watch that and be like, oh, that's funny, that's hilarious. Like all of my mates were like, it was great, you were good, my family were like, you were good, but I'm just like, oh god, the idea of my family watching me. On imagine, a date yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's quite intense. Like yeah, everyone yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just everyone, you yeah. know, watching you on a date. It's fine. Oh, my God. Yeah, that doesn't sound that fun, not going to lie. Yeah. No, but it was. Like, it was fine. Um, and Did they tell you who you're going to get sat with before? No. No. It's like blind, it's just blind date. date. Yeah, it's blind date. It's fine. It's blind I mean, experience. I wonder how many people have met on that and actually had a second I date. I think a few, you know. Really? I think a few, yeah. Because it's like, to be fair, the show's a lovely show. Like, mm. if you watch all of it like they really genuinely the producers and the whole team like genuinely try and say they want you oh, to like cute. get married that's it's like really first dates they yeah. actually it was first dates it was oh it was first, first, first date. date sorry yeah. sorry guys oh, I, I said celebrities go yeah. dating oh I love that yeah first dates has the best vibes you can tell that they're really trying to match people like yeah. that actually that is really and especially cute. when you see like the older couples on there I'm like oh, oh. this is beautiful yeah. when they're like young at heart sprightly 85 year olds and they like find another one that they can do like dancing with and they go on cruises I was really sad that last Last year's Love Island winners have split up this week. Oh, oh no. Yeah, Liam and Millie. So I didn't watch it last year, so I'm afraid. It's fine, I'm like heavily in with the current Love Island lot now. So, Are you? Yeah. The only, I don't watch it, the only one that keeps popping up is, is it Davide? Davide uh, is my soulmate. Really? No. Oh. Well, <laughs> no, I think if I could have like an alter ego, it would be him. It would be Davide. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite fun. <laughs> cool. He's just so yeah. like insane and sassy and like yeah. truthful. I mean, we'll see what happens. But what when he gets out? Yeah, so far he just he's like coining like new like phrases every every episode. Okay, maybe I need so, to watch it. Yeah, it's really funny. I've it's between that. that I keep getting recommended that and then Below Deck. <gasps> oh my I gosh! Keeps going. Oh, I love to watch below, below Deck. deck. You've yeah. got to watch Below Deck. <laughs> you are obsessed yeah. with Below Deck. I love a bit of Below Deck. It's just really easy fun watching, you know. Okay. And it's reality TV that I think is like good for men. I mean, I'm saying that not to diss any men that love other reality TV, mm. but. I would say generally, the men that I know don't tend to love things like the Kardashians yeah. or Housewives of Beverly Hills. They do like Below Deck. My oh, dad likes Below Deck. Because it's got boats. Yeah, I think it's got... <laughs> that like, is so... Well, it's not about, like, rich people shopping. It's, like, actually you learn how, like, the boat is set up. And there's, like, the deckhands. And there's, like, oh, okay. the chief stew. And, like, the captain. You know what I mean? You actually learn that's how, like, a boat good. is run. So, like, that's quite fun. Yeah, it makes yeah. it feel, like, yeah. a little bit less trashy. Because you're like, I am learning something. I am. Are you anyway, a, yeah, are you a big TV watcher? Are you more of a reader? 
Um, I t- like I like to say I'm a reader, but it takes me like I just pick up and put down. I'm reading Clara and the Sun at the moment. Ooh. I don't know if you've had either of you read uh, that. Ish, uh, Ishiguro. Yes, I can't. Yeah, I think so. But it's about the uh, like. Yes, the uh, it is. Yes, Ishiguro. Yes. In terms of keeping your life private. <laughs> I noticed that you are not a big Instagrammer. You've mm. actually posted like literally twice in the last yeah. year. I assume that's because you've generally used it more in a professional capacity than to share like what you're eating that day. Yeah, it really interested me. I saw an interview and it was Ned Sheeran interview recently and he was talking on, I can't remember what chat show it was, but he was talking about how like, it, it's this weird like, I don't know what he'd call it, but the fact that like everyone tries to see, he's like, Instagram is a promotional tool for, for like artists. It's a way of people getting their music out there, which sounds really business and cutthroat, but I do, I can understand that. And so he's like, I use it to try and like, like spread my music and because that's the thing that I'm working on and I love doing. And I guess like that's just the way, I don't use it as a like complete promotional tool, like a check-in and it's an amazing way to like check in with the fans because for me, that's the main point of context. Like, I, I want to check that, it, that we've still got a, a good rapport between me and the fans. But it's just a, it's a really strange thing that I've never, like, fully gone into social media. Have you ever been trolled? Because I was talking to Mabel about how she was really badly trolled on oh, Instagram really? about her performances. And it did make me think, I actually don't think I've ever heard of any male singers Troll. talk about, mm. like, trolling. Mm. Definitely have, yeah. Definitely had like performances get kind of like the comments be pretty bad, and then I'm just I think I've got quite a thick skin with that. It just doesn't really. I'm just like it's not for you. See you later. Won't be seeing you at a Vamps gig. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother me. Because like, what's weird about the trollers is you will be seeing them because they will be there because they're actually fans. Yeah, uh, I see what Do you mean. mean. Like they it's, just try and get attention. It's like an attention thing. Yeah. Yeah, uh. which you never understand. It's like we were joking the other day of like the amount of times I'm on like a night out or just like at a pub and someone will come and go, Oh, you're right, mate. Like I really don't like your music, like it's terrible. Like <laughs> but can I have a photo? I'm like, no. Just you don't need to pretext it with that, even yeah. if you if you don't like Do it. You know what though, I really empathise yeah. with that because I remember when I was at uni and there was that, that like made in Chelsea craze going on. Do you remember yeah. the reality TV show made yeah, in Chelsea? Yeah, yeah. And still going. Still going. Anyway, Jamie Lang, who was like the main guy, yeah, came yeah. to one of the clubs I was at. And I remember being like obsessed with him. And the, the only thing I said to him was like, I think you're such a dick. <laughs> oh that. my God. And then I was like, oh. And then there was like one of the like club photographers and there's a oh picture of us on Facebook. And he was like, oh, sassy one. But that's the thing. It's I like, can't believe you said <laughs> that. You're an absolute savvy. lunatic. But I think I, why did you say that? Because I think at, I was taught in first year uni that the meaner you are to boys, the more they'll want to flirt with you. And it really? worked. Oh. oh my God. Okay. I've never tried those tactics. Maybe. I mean, not I'm specifically. Like, I think you're the coolest, funniest person I've ever met. Yeah, wait. Yeah. They're not interested in that. God, hey, okay. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, Close maybe up. now in the like era of be kind, but yeah. not in 2011. <laughs> you just go, you're a dick, I hate you. Can we go for dinner? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could work. It no. Could work. Uh, I mean... That's a solid chat up. It's a really strong chat I think it's you just want to differentiate yourself yeah, to what... But yeah, it didn't end in something, I have to say. I feel like I've definitely heard like men that are in the public eye say they might get messages from other men that are like, you and me, I'll beat you up, give me the address yeah. or something. And you're like, if you do actually reply, yeah. and you're like, okay, where and when? Yeah. And they're yeah. like, sorry, mate, just wanted to say that I absolutely love you. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> just trying to get so their attention. Funny. Do you think you'd be like a social media person or 
Do you think that you're less of a social media person because you're in the public eye, so you're hyper aware of that? Like, do you think if you'd never been famous, then you'd just be like posting away like a Ooh. average Joe? <laughs> yeah, maybe not. I don't, I don't. I just don't think it's a world that I'm like. Who knows? The the other guys maybe post a little bit more than you. Might yeah. that and like they all they all do. Like luckily they do because if it, if they're all like me, they would just be just be like <laughs> the fans would be yeah, like yeah, tumbleweed uh, across not getting starving. And talking of being an average Joe, like can you do normal things like go to cinema, or go to bar, or go shopping? Yeah, or, uh, without uh, a mask. Absolutely, yeah. No, <laughs> or like a wig. I think there was a yeah. Let me take this off. Yeah. Um, it does look very luscious. Thank you very much. It's very kind. It, it is a wig. No. Um, yeah, yeah. The first few years were like quite intense, but then it's 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 fine now. We're good now, which is nice. Because your fans have aged with you, so now it's they're all like the same age. It's good. Yeah. It's a vibe. Everyone's like pretty respectful on the. On average, everyone's pretty chill. Oh my god, fun! Yeah, that yeah. must be so weird. Like you've all gone from teenagers to like literally like yeah. getting married. And yeah, like, all I these, know. Like grown yeah. up things. What a beautiful wedding, by oh, the way. I had, a, we... I had a quick look at those pictures earlier. Yeah. Stunning. 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 What we need to ask is, what is the one misconception that you would like to set the record straight on? About me. Yeah. That's all the band and miscon. All the band. In our experience, there's always something I guess want to get off their chest. Really? Yes. Like, oh, I already have an idea you... of what you might say. Okay, before, yeah, I'd like to hear your no, idea. No, no, you've got to say it first. Otherwise, you'll just say yes, yes. No, or I could, I'll say yes or no. No, you've got to go first. What about if I don't? I've no, got... I'm being sassy. You must have read a ridiculous... You are being sassy. You must have read. Here comes the ego coming out. <laughs> My dad Started with yeah. the bacon, yeah. now we go for the can of worms. Yes. Go on. A ridiculous story. You guys get covered so much in the tabloids. There must have been a few... Fake yeah. news incidences. For a, for a weird time, there was like a couple of stories that it was like we'd spent like 15, 20 grand in a club. It, oh. like, I don't know, and I just want to like say it was like 50, 100 grand. No, it wasn't. <laughs> 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 like we just didn't spend that amount of money in a club. Like we were in a club and we were having a good time and then I think people were like, yeah, made What's was it, like 50 to 100 pounds? Yeah, it was around then. No, no, it was, like, it was a good amount. It was like, I don't know. Yeah, 50, I mean, I don't think you can get much <laughs> yeah. in a nightclub yeah, for 50 quid. Yeah, that's a gin and tonic. I'm destroying you out. 50 quid, yeah. <laughs> what you, was your yeah. conception? So then? I thought, and I, you actually even mentioned it earlier as well, is I think that you guys have had a lot of really annoying um, press or assumptions about you as being this like manufactured band. Yeah. Like mm. as if you're like a boy band that was like put together by a label and stuff. And actually, as you say, you guys built the band yourself, you're best friends. Like it's a very authentic yeah. thing. And sometimes it's dismissed as like. Yeah, I think so. Fake. That's, it was definitely more frustrating at the beginning. Mm. And I think we've just worked hard a bit trying to be consistently releasing music and like our live shows uh, a point of focus for us. And I think like certain things about people like questioning whether we actually played instruments and things like that. And it is, it's frustrating when you work like as hard as, you, as we do at our yeah. instruments. Like we've all played since, like our drummer started playing at seven. I started learning guitar at like 10. That, like I played guitar before I sang. Like I'm a guitarist primarily and then moved into a singing. So that that was quite frustrating as well. I think it was like people just like to draw comparisons because it's easier. Yeah. Um, like young men, four young men. Yeah, like, that yeah. was it. But I think once people have like seen the live show and kind of come along and got to know us more as a band, that's slowly like changed. But also at the same time, like I love being a support band and I love being like lower on a festival bill because I just love being the underdog. And I love being like the person who's like, 
Okay, it's not our gig, so I'm going to make sure... I know that, like, 50% of the audience or more are not going to know us, so it's like, cool. I want to be the band that they remember, not the headliner. Oh, I love that mentality. Yeah, big time. So it's like having that out of the gates with the, like, music stuff was just, like, cool. We just have to absolutely nail it. Like, that was our our mindset. It was like, get better, get better, work harder. That's really nice. Okay, now time for our SOS. We need your help. SOS? Yeah, we always ask our guests for an SOS. Okay, I feel like I'm... Help us with the dilemma. Oh my yeah, God, you need some wine for this. Rude guests. I know, what I mean, terrible host. <laughs> Ellie, you are. Um, I will pour. So, an issue I've been having recently... Okay. Is this SOS for you guys? This yes. Yeah. So we have a dilemma. We're using you for unpaid advice. That's fine. Like That's fine. Advice. No, I'll just invoice um, you after. <laughs> So basically, an issue we have on the podcast is my boyfriend is quite private, and any time I mention him on the podcast, he gets, understandably, he's just, can you just not share, like, um, yeah, so he doesn't like me shouting about our business, and similarly, my dad listened to an episode of our podcast just out of the blue, unannounced the other day, and I wanted to kill myself, um, because we were talking about, like, Mahalia's, like, lesbian sex dream or something (laughs) anyway as in with Mahalia um and yeah so we're just talking about (laughs) she wasn't in the interview like we were just chatting about it and um it's actually something I have a problem with in my journalism as well because I often Mahalia's lesbian (laughs) (laughs) although that wouldn't I wouldn't put it past me anyway so yeah and often I, a thing I had in my journalism was I often write a lot of personal pieces and mm-hmm. a lot a lot of the time I never know like what is the appropriate line to draw between <laughs> do you, the yeah. private and public <laughs> yeah. and you're not sorry to interrupt do you not like send it by them the people no. who are, like, involved? are you mad no that's insane you're doing the journalist like say sorry later instead of asking uh, first or yeah whatever. you ask for, forgiveness. ask for forgiveness no it's not that it's just that I don't even realize, I don't even, no, it depends what it is. Now, obviously, I'll check with my boyfriend. I'm like, I said this about you, and he'll be like, take it out right now. Um, But yeah, so what is, but also sometimes I do say to him, like, okay, but this is also my life, and it's content. And you're less private. (laughs) As I say, you're not someone that massively minds. You're quite an open person. Like, you're more open than I am, I would say. Like, sometimes we'll say that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you you don't have that filter or worry. Which is sometimes a bad thing. Mm. So. Okay. As a songwriter who obviously has to mind their personal life, mm-hmm. have you been burnt in that situation before? And do you have any advice? What is the line? And how do you deal? If what if there's something you want to write about but they don't want you to write about? Or as well, I feel oh, like I if can you get break away. up. If you write about a breakup, yeah, like, I feel like that always happens for musicians. Yeah, but like, we can get away with it because it's all, if it's like got whistles and bells on it in the form of a song so we're like tee hee 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 yeah. and we can write about it but yours is just like paragraphs of text of like this is exactly yeah, what but yours happened. is paragraphs of text when you get the genius lyrics up yeah, on the true, web on, true, online true. um okay <laughs> it's always unfortunate i recently my mom listened to an episode and she hadn't listened to it in ages and it was one with crept and we were talking about his little girl nala and i told him how my mum left my little brother in the vets when he was a baby and I was, she didn't mind but I was just like damn it when she texted me like love the crept episode and I was like of all the episodes why did you have to listen to the one where I t- talked about you leaving the baby in the vet I think if you don't That's name the them line. then it's fine but what but they know it's about them yeah but like if no one else knows then I guess what's the issue it's a funny story would be my like if okay, so unless about- like unless it's going to break your friendship or relationship with that person so you've never had that like me write and then someone yeah with you having to make a choice about god am i going to write about that experience or not i genuinely i think 
I think naming naming and shaming is different, mm. but I think writing about an experience, the music, you've got to do it. Like you've, you have to write from actual truth, but it's the same for you in journalism. I argue, so this isn't going to be putting me in your boyfriend's best books. But <laughs> um, I think you've got to be honest with like what you're talking about to a point. Although you're not going to reach people. But don't name. But what? But don't name and shame. No, <laughs> obviously not. That's my advice. Obviously not. But I think Dolly, you know Dolly Alderton, the journalist. I don't. Know. She's so weird, isn't it? Like, like, I guess what it's like. She's she's a women's writer. You know what I mean? That's not mm. put her in a box. No, no, but yeah, she is. What, yeah. So what did she... Well, she was the Sunday Times stars... Uh, she was the Sunday Times dating columnist for years. Okay. And, and she, she writes a lot about female friendship. And, right, and she's okay, got this BBC show. Anyway, and a memoir. And she has since said, like, ten years later, like, I really regret having put my personal life on the page like that. Because she'd go on dates and... Um, like this woman came up to her when she was on a date with a guy being like I was an alcoholic as well because <laughs> she'd read her memoir she's like I'm actually on a date yeah. fuck off just met this guy yeah. it was going really well <laughs> do you think that they'll be in like okay take that as an example in 10 years do you think you'll turn around and go I wish I didn't do that <clears throat> that's a very good like litmus test of is it appropriate yeah. or not because if it's yeah. like in 10 years you won't care then it's not a big deal but yeah. in 10 years if you're going to regret it and not that you can go through your life it. thinking like that because then you won't live your life yeah. but at the same time maybe just check in with yourself <laughs> I, think, I think I kind of blank every piece I've ever written you just like, forget about once it once it gets to a certain mm. point I should probably I do that. that's excellent advice very good Dad. advice we got okay? there eventually we got there. if you don't <laughs> mind you. us asking you're as well welcome. Based on that emotional maturity, <laughs> have you had therapy ever? And if so, Ooh, was it a great experience? I actually, I actually haven't genuinely. You um, haven't? No. I think you must be one of our only guests that haven't because we always ask. Crap, hadn't. Oh yeah, he hadn't had actually had he? H but then he was like, "But now I've had kids. Well, <laughs> I had to. I will be going." H hadn't because no. he didn't trust therapists. Oh yes, he d he didn't, or he had didn't. One. He didn't. He felt the therapist might sell the stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fair. Um, no, I haven't. I mean, I know like a lot of my close friends have, and they've really benefited from it. Um, maybe it's something I'll do at some point. But I think you should go when you know. Like, there's not. I've never. I'm quite open with like the people that I trust. So if I trust someone, it's usually like like I was talking about my friends and my family. I'm very very close. So if they're in that circle, it's a quite an open conversation. Yeah. So I think that's quite an outlet for me is those people, that's nice. um, which I'm very lucky to have. Um, but I know that if you don't have that level of trust, then of course you need someone to go. I think therapy is an amazing thing. Mm. Um, it's, it's just talking, isn't it? It's conversation. It's getting the things off your head. So I recommend I recommend it having never had it. <laughs> 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 but, like, it's um, a great no. idea in theory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure one day. Yeah. Maybe, hey, maybe after the 10-year tour. Yeah, maybe, maybe after this. Maybe I'll go and I don't know. Yeah, maybe after the 10-year tour. <laughs> or maybe... 10 years worth of, of therapy. Yeah, or oh maybe gosh. like after the gin brand, I'll need some therapy. <laughs> but um, no, we'll see. Have you guys? I have. Yeah. I've been, yeah. I'm not 
in therapy right now, mm-hmm. but I've done therapy. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's really good. I, I think it's, it. yeah. It's like one of those ones, like the idea before even the session, you're a bit like, oh, CBA for this. Like, it's like my Monday evening, like, just want to chill. Yeah, and yeah. It's really expensive. And yeah. you know what I mean? Obviously, it's a massive privilege to even be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you do it. And then after the session, you're like, oh, I'm just so glad I did that. Yeah, yeah. Just like spoke about myself for an hour in like, a really <laughs> compassionate way. It was great. Yeah. Um, I've heard that. It's like, yeah. it's like exercise. Like you, just before you're like, oh, I can't. Mm. And then you go and you're, you're, every time you feel better coming out. Yeah. And I think you definitely learn, you understand yourself better, I think, from it. Right, like what okay. I have personally, you learn why you are the way you are. Because you sort of have an objective person to be like, well, it's interesting that you say that because uh, that actually sounds a bit like this was impacted by X that happened when you were a child. Or oh, something. really? And you're like, oh, right, yes. That's why. Like, it's kind of that, like, you under... Especially your maybe, like, not-so-great traits. Yeah. You can have a bit more compassion for yourself, I think, because That's you realise why you are the way you are, and you're like, oh, yeah. okay. Especially for, like, an, I can imagine for an empathetic person who, like, always gives everyone else the benefit of the doubt. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But then struggles to do that to themselves. Mm. Defo. And it's definitely made yeah. me more compassionate to other people, actually, I think. Like you say, because if anyone ever does anything that's like kind of dickheadish, I'm just like, trauma. <laughs> <laughs> that's trauma. <laughs> I've never done it. I want to do it, but I think I'm also quite impatient. So I think I'd, they said anything that I felt like I already knew. You'd be like, I'd be oh, like, come, come on, on. Yes. something I don't know. Do you know. think you like self therapize? Is that a thing? Self therapize, therapize? I think I'm very analytical, yeah. but I don't know if that's the same mm. as therapy. But, then, I, but I think I'm quite yeah. self-analytical, so I'll try and, like, if I've done something that I'm not happy about or whatever, I'll try and trace it back to the beginning of why I've done it. Like, I, I, I meditate every so often. Like, nice. Yeah, that's, um, yeah. I, I every really day? Like, or not every really day, probably, good. like, once... Maybe once every two weeks. So it's not regular. That's but good. Do you just do it like if you're feeling that you're needing a bit of a... Yeah, basically. So finally, we've got a question for you from James Bay. Yes. Ah, so we always get boy. the previous guest to ask the next guest a question. Uh, okay, okay. I hope it's not about my football. No, he didn't know it was for you, so don't worry. It's, okay, it's not Brad okay. specific. Yeah. He asked, when it gets hard, because it always gets hard on occasions, what inspires you the next day to get up and keep going? So he said for him, there's like one or two things that really make him like get up and go again. Mm-hmm. Even when it gets difficult, what are yours? Good question. Thank you, James. Um, okay, I need to think about this. Being in a band really helps because you have a shared responsibility. I think responsibility is an amazing thing to have as human um, because I'm part of something bigger than just me. So that's amazing, and that's so that's one thing that always pulls me out of it. And it's I think it, yeah I try and like um, my mom actually instilled it in me, um, and she was like whenever things are getting like hard for you and heavy for you, think about other people, and like and it will actually minimize your own problems. It'll like or it'll like put your problems in perspective. That's not saying that theirs is like, you're going like, oh, my problems are nowhere near as bad as theirs. It's not saying that. It's just going, I think the act of like being empathetic, thinking about other people is always like put my stuff in perspective and being able to like help me get into other stuff. So I'm, I'm much better in like groups of people. So that has always been the thing, I think. Um, yeah. And finally, what is your question for the next guest? So it could be about fame, or it could be something nerdy and technical. It could be a weird prying question. It could be anything. Like, imagine, what industry are they in? Or a musician? Musician, as well. yeah. a musician. Yeah. So imagine a famous musician. Um, can I say 
What advice would you have given to your younger self in the early stages of your career? Yeah. Good question. We haven't had that one That's yet. That's so nice. Have you not? No. Okay. So well done. Yeah. Let's, let's what do advice that. would you give? Have given your sixteen-year-old self if you could go back now? Cut your hair. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> it was, was it bad. longer than now? Was, well, and like, understand that socks are also a part of an outfit. <laughs> I love yeah. a a good pair of socks and a man. Like a jazzy pair mm. or like a well-suited pair. Yes. The second. The la- yeah. Because I used to just be like, these blue stripy socks would go <laughs> Like, it was just, it was a problem. So yeah. that would be my advice. Men's like, socks, though, are very difficult to navigate. Like, <laughs> it's a mind My boyfriend's field. been wearing, the, you know, like wallabies. He was like wearing some of those recently and he was wearing them with this pair of socks. And I was like, they are not the right socks for those shoes. And he was like, okay, so what are the socks? And I was like, I don't know. I don't. But I'm this, not sure. I've got not a friend yeah. who is like, <laughs> it's honestly one of his specialities. And oh, he, he's like, what he's like, wallabies. Oh, well, he'd be like, it depends on the top, it depends oh on the God, shade of okay, wallaby. Yeah. It's all of that. It's shades of brown. He was like, let's go into Kos and have a look. Shout out, Kos. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, the shades of sock. I can't believe the things that I've chatted about on this podcast. <laughs> I know, like, has it really... been one of your most interesting interviews? <laughs> I would argue either most interesting for me or it paid me as the most boring man ever. Oh my God, so interesting. <laughs> Actually, speaking of though, we're running out of time but we did not ask you what is the most annoying thing that you have found journalists to do because we always like to know because oh, then we can try and not do it yeah or do it, it can't knowingly. be something we have already done because that's awkward <sighs> well it can but no it can yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, most annoying thing I always struggle with like what's your favourite s- song to play live oh because I'm like oh, I just feel like what I've said boring it question. it's such a lazy question yeah, it's like yeah, you've not I've done your research a lot and I'm like even down. fans don't care about that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is what you guys are doing. You're digging deeper here. It's great. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Brad. That Thanks was so, so good. Much. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed that, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll be here same time, same place next week, where we'll be talking about our favourite cultural picks of the month, including um, new book, Sorry You Feel That Way, which everyone's been talking about, plus... Do we like the new film adaptation of Weather Crawdad Singh starring Daisy Edgar-Jones? You'll have to find out. And thirdly, how this amazing new Netflix documentary, How to Change Your Mind, is completely changing the way we see LSD. See you then.